Well, we have so many interesting things to say. We were having big conversations before even recording this. We're talking to <laughs> Nastika Antipas, uh, and she is um, um, she's an actress, a writer, a television producer, a uh, I mean, what, well, entrepreneur. An entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and well, it's, it's a about pleasure everything. to be on. But yeah, yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, well, it's it's my pleasure. I was uh, you just got back from Greece. I was envious of that because I love Greece. Uh, so, oh yeah, but anyhow, it was beautiful. Yeah, it's gorgeous. <laughs> oh, it's, I just love it. Um, <laughs> so, but anyhow, uh, the way what we're to be talking about is your line uh, called Nafsika Nafsika Garden, um, which is is a a vegan. It's evolving in many ways, is it not? I mean, you're, you're focusing yeah. on dairy to start with, uh, but the whole line is non-allergenic. I mean, it's uh, and I, honestly, I'm one of those that will line up and tell you I wouldn't be able to tell, and this is unusual because this is the first time that's happened, I would not be able to tell your vegan cheeses from the real Dairy cheese. From the real thing. Oh, wow, that's good to hear. That's, that's what we aim for, definitely to have the same um, properties, text, uh, texture. Texture, particularly. Yeah, yeah texture, flavor, everything. Yeah, the flavor, yes. the, the, the texture of these vegan cheeses is what really drives me insane. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I went vegan a few years ago, and and there wasn't any – this is how it all started. There wasn't any good vegan cheese around at the time, especially where I was in Montreal. And uh, so I wanted to to come up with a good vegan cheese brand, uh, uh, well, recipe. And and, and this is actually – it's made in Greece, so um, uh, on the island of Crete, actually. It's made on Crete? Really? Yeah, the island of Crete. Yes, yes, that's where it's made. And I, I bring it in uh, to Canada and to the U.S. And I sell in, Euro- in Europe as well. And, uh, yeah, it's coconut oil-based, but it doesn't uh, – you don't have that taste of coconut. Um, it's very mild, the, the, the actual coconut part. So it has all the flavors in there that just give it the, the profile, the flavor profile that the regular cheese, like cheddar and mozzarella and everything. So we, we mimic that, that flavor profile. Um, but uh, definitely maintaining that same great taste and texture uh, without compromising your taste buds. Yeah, because, I mean, a mm-hmm. lot of people you talk to say that the mm-hmm. one real major hurdle for them to become yeah. vegan is cheese. That's, that's it. That's exactly, yeah, that's exactly the reason why I did it. I wanted to start with the vegan cheese because I started it with the TV show, as you know, but um, while I was doing that, I, I, was, I really was trying to help people go, go plant-based, go vegan more easily, and, and I thought the same thing that you said. It's the biggest obstacle is, is getting people to get off the, the dairy. So that's yeah. why I wanted to solve that problem. <laughs> well, now, um, did you have reasons for um, for um, going vegan or just accumulation of things that you thought? Uh, you know, it really happened overnight for me. Uh, it was a remarkable thing. I was, I was just, I was um, with my baby. <laughs> he was, he was, you know, around one or under one, and I'm nursing him here, and I'm, and I'm, I'm like looking for a show to watch on Netflix, and I came across this documentary about veganism, and um, I'm like, you know what? I'll, I'll keep an open mind. I'll watch it. And I watched it. And it was it was nothing graphic, nothing scary, but it just kind of gave you a little bit of a glimpse of the dairy industry. And oh, I just yeah. saw this. I just had to see this one image of this mama cow, you know, being taken away, or or, or it's calf, baby calf yeah. take, being taken away from yeah. the from the from the mom, you know. And I just made the connection right away because I'm a mom. I was like a new mom, and I'm like, oh my god, it's like someone stealing my milk to give it to another baby. So I made I made that connection right away. And for me, it was that was it. I was like, I'm not I'm not I'm not co- contributing to this. And I went vegan that very night. So um, after I just started researching, uh, looking for um, recipes. Um, putting together recipe, like a meal plan for, for the week for my, for my family. And my kids basically went vegan and they had no choice. They were like, you know, baby and, and two years old. So uh, it was easy for them. And, and you know, uh, and, and it was really easy for me actually because I did my research 
and uh, I, I was I felt like I was you know well equipped, and and that's when I decided. Uh, I think within two years, I decided to make my own TV show to help people go vegan, and that's what that was uh, when uh, Plant Based Benefica was born, and and that no, was that aired on eighty. Was, was were you in the U.S. by then? Or were you I'm sorry? Kansas? Oh, were no, I was in, in Canada. No, no, you I was always in Canada. Canada. Yeah, okay. yeah. I, I filmed every – all my filming is, is done in New York, actually, but I would just I just fly back and forth. So I did uh, – I aired um, – we, we shot three seasons uh, over, the pa- over a period of, like, three years, three, four years. And, um, and then we, we stopped right before COVID because then it just everything changed after COVID. It was harder to get um, uh, people to fly over and guests and everything. I didn't want to, I go, I saw that it was going to be a problem. So I said, let's just stop here. <laughs> and at that point I was launching Nafsika's garden. So I was kind of busy with that anyway. Right. So, I mean, I, I knew about dairy because my great uncle had a dairy farm and, and I always, I mean, you know, most people, don't understand that the reason that they get milk is because they take the calves away from the mothers. Yeah, because if you think about it, I mean, that. no, you know, you don't. Because growing up, I am like this. They used to tell us cows make milk for for us to drink. You know, cows produce milk. <laughs> no, the only reason why they produce their milk is to feed their babies. So you're basically taking the baby's milk away. You know, like but they don't want you to know that. You know, but now you know. As as we get older and there's more, you know, we got the internet and we got lots of information out there. We're starting to realize, and you know, okay, this is we've been kind of taught something different growing up as kids, but this is the actual fact. You know, it's just, it's nuts if you think about it that we're taking that we're actually still drinking milk. Forget about the fact that we're drinking milk after the age of two, which we don't need anymore. But we're taking it from well, another I, animal. Yeah, I mean, of course, <laughs> I feel that way. Anyhow, I mean, we don't we're not milk drinkers. Anyhow, but um, yeah. So, yeah. um, but, yeah, but, I mean, it's a slippery slope. I mean, once you start with the milk yeah. and, and mm-hmm. then you, you look at what they do to pigs and then, you yeah. know, you, you go on from there. Um, right. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's a major uh, eating revolution because I can tell in terms of the cookbooks that um, agents send us that mm-hmm. they're, the increase in the um, – um, vegan and vegetarian cookbooks. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, I mean, going plant-based, you have so many health benefits. If, if, if the animal situation is not like of concern to some people, at least like look at the health benefits of not having to eat any cholesterol or saturated fats. I mean, you're just eating way more clean. Um, you know, you're eating a cleaner diet um, if it's plant-based and wholesome and everything. And, uh, I literally don't have cholesterol. Like I don't eat cholesterol, so I mean I don't, I'm not intaking any, uh, consuming any meats or dairy whatsoever. So you know, every and I and I go to the doctor every um, couple of years just to you know just to do my due diligence there and, and check, make sure everything is okay, and I'm always within the range, you know. <laughs> and yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's really it's just kind of more common sense these days you know when you once you realize um that you can get everything you need from a a plant-based diet honestly like everything b12 and and uh, all your vitamins and iron i get, i actually get more iron now that i'm vegan than when uh before when i wasn't vegan when i was when i wasn't vegan i was actually I had low iron and then once I started eating healthier and eating plant-based, I was paying even more attention to what I ate. So I was always making sure I was getting my iron naturally. What do you do, what do, what do, you do to substitute for French fries? <laughs> I, well, now I air fry them. I air fry. I got an air fryer. I, I use that That's thing for sure. everything. Oh, yeah. You just put a, like a, a drop of oil, and then you, you put your, your spices in there, and, and, and they taste great. I mean, or, I mean, I used to, before the air frying era, I was put, putting them in the, in the oven with oil, with olive oil, because I don't use any other oil, olive oil and, um, you know, oregano, salt, and pepper, and they taste amazing. So you don't need to eat deep fried fries anymore. But even if you do, I mean, if you want to have a cheat date and have your fries once in a blue moon, it's not the end of the world. You can do that. But it's just, um, you know, you don't have to have it um, fry it in lard or, or anything, right. you know, just in all nice fresh olive oil, 
or whatever. You even have avocado oil. I mean, you can try any oil you want, but hopefully, yeah, like a plant-based one, like, like the olive oil is the best one. I like Greek olive oil, by the way. Oh, yeah. Stuff. Well, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we're actually from the olive oil business. My father uh, imports olive oil. We have our own olive oil and, um, it, from Greece, and it's extra virgin, and uh, it's delicious. So I grew up on that. <laughs> so I definitely I don't use anything else. <laughs> yeah, well, I like it. As, as I told you in our email correspondence, um, yes. then I'm, I'm, I'm Sicilian, which is as close to, to Greece. Oh, yeah, very <laughs> close to Greece. Yeah, as we say, una fata, una rata. That's what we say. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we, we have a very similar diet uh, when it comes to oil. We love our oil. Yeah, definitely. Just by the, no. way, just by the way, we just, we just got a, an interesting new oil from Morocco. From Morocco? From Morocco. Oh, oh yeah? That's right. We did, Orange. yeah. It definitely has, it probably has a little bit more of a spice or a little kick to it. It's a little different. Like all these different regions, they have, you know, they have their own profile. They have their own yeah. flavor. Yeah, I'm used to the Greek one, you know, <laughs> but yeah. uh, they all, all of them have different. Uh, Italian, I find, well, the ones I've tried are a little more, maybe it's just me, the ones I've tried, but they're a little more mild or, um, well, I don't you, know, you have to be really careful with all of what you have because they they dilute it with all kinds of stuff. It's really hard. I mean, yes, but not not Greek oil them. though. Yeah, not Greek oil because we um, next after Spain we're uh, together with Italy, the second largest producer of uh, right. olive oil. So it's Spain and then is Italy and Greece together, and then all the other countries. But uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of oil, um, companies that uh, mix their oil to get, um, and also right now, olive oil is extremely expensive. It's gone really uh, up in price. Yeah, I so, know. Yeah, well, they, so some they, companies uh, are The problem is it's not been great with the, the olive trees. No, 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 no. It's been a very tough year, this year, last year, yeah, yeah. So the prices have gone up. So that's why uh, it's a little harder to get the, the your, your preferred olive oil right now. Yeah. Now, tell, right now, so you started with cheese, you have other dairy, you have yogurt, uh, and, and what else do you have? I got some cocoa spreads. I'm, I'm launching cocoa spreads in Europe. Um, I'm, I'm hoping to bring them to the U.S. Uh, soon. They're amazing. They're um, uh, made with uh, chickpea and hazelnut, and okay. they're organic. Uh, they're they're uh, you know obviously dairy free, gluten free. They're not nut free because it has the hazelnut in there, but there's no peanuts. But you know, um, it, but it's very it's like you're eating uh, Nutella but better. Like I say, like it's um, yeah. it, it it has it's tastier, and but you, when you're eating it, you think like oh it just feels healthier because um, because everything well, in there. Well, there's that in there, awful but it's thing really in Nutella that, that I don't know they're trying to get rid of. I don't remember yeah. what it was, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think or... that most of the, yeah, there's some chemical Nutella that, that yeah. um, they don't A lot of foods, with. a lot of, yeah, a lot of things. It is, sometimes you see FDA-approved things, but it doesn't mean that it's healthy for you just because it's FDA-approved, you know. So, oh, yeah, uh, yeah it, you know, in Europe, they have a lot more stricter um, uh, regulations than, 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 our, than all of America because uh, we don't know, we, we eat certain things here. We're allowed to put certain things in our labels that they are not allowed in Europe. So they're just well, more strict. Vegan is another one. They're vegetarian. Read the labels. And I, I have a vegan cousin that I had to cook Thanksgiving mm-hmm. dinner for, and I, it's a, I started reading labels. I mean, mm-hmm. this is, I mean, <laughs> you have to have a, a PhD in pharmacology yeah. to understand what's in your, in, in your food. But yeah, anyhow, so, yeah. so you, you had, um, you have a, a, strong, a staunch segment of the market in existing vegetarians and vegans, um, but how, how much do you anticipate that market is going to grow, and how do you scale your, your product list and your, your, um, your, your whole production to, to that rate of growth? Well, uh, as you know, I mean, they're they're anticipating, estimating, like I don't know, in the billions, they're saying that it's going to go up the the the, the market in in vegan uh, in the, the vegan market, basically uh, with products, vegan products. So it's 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 huge. It's a huge uh, increase, uh, and, and it's taking away the market share from from dairy, and that's why you're seeing dairy companies coming out with okay. their own vegan products. Yeah, even though they're not 
you know, they're coming out with their own vegan product just so they don't lose their market share. You know, they see that they're losing um, in, in the dairy, um, you know, market. But, um, well, Mike, there's some companies like mine that are exclusively vegan. Like, we don't, um, we're not a dairy company. So, you know, I mean, it's just, it depends on, on your, uh, uh, it, it's, I don't know, it's more ethical, I would say, if you're going to buy vegan products to buy from a vegan company. But, um, you know, that's what we're doing right now is we're just kind of uh, expanding on in different products because there's a bigger demand, obviously. So that's why I'm having like, I have so many brands we're, uh, of products we're working on right now, but I, I'm not going to, I can't talk to yeah, you, said you about all of them. Yeah, spreads, there's those cocoa uh, cocoa spreads, which is the chocolate one that I was talking about. That's kind of like the Nutella, but much much healthier, um, much more healthy, I should say. But um, there's, uh, I mean, we have cream cheeses, uh, vegan cream cheeses, and and yogurts. I, I have yogurts that launched here in Canada. Yeah, I've, I've seen um, that, yeah. yeah, they're delicious. The world is not coming to an end. And that's they're our demol- neighbors. Demolishing the house next door. <laughs> oh my goodness! Okay, <laughs> yeah, we're not pleased about this. We're not okay. thrilled with this, but you oh, okay, you know. But um, oh, well. so I mean, how have you mapped out the your company's development? I mean, what you're, you're doing related things like spreads and. So I'm, I'm, yeah. Well, I'm focused right now on on building the uh, expanding our lines across the U.S. because we are in, in in certain stores, um, but we just actually um, uh, got listed at Air One in in, in uh, Los Angeles, Hollywood, well, Southern California, and um, and and we're excited about that because they're very healthy, plant based kind of health conscious kind of uh, chain, and we're we're talking to a lot of bigger bigger chains as well that we're really excited about, uh, which I can't say right now. Um, but basically, our, our objective this year is to expand across the USA, because as you know, in Canada, I'm, we're, we're from east to west uh, pretty much here, because I started off in here in Canada. And, um, and then at the same time, I'm, I'm expanding in, in Europe, but in Europe, it's um, slightly different products. Because it's a different market there, and they have different. Oh, needs. it is. I mean, they're not. They're not even close to what what we identify as vegan in the U.S. I don't think. Uh, well, they have they have they have stricter uh, regulations there. So there's ingredients that we can't have over there. Like let's say ascorbic acid, they don't allow it. Here we use it because it 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 it, um, it keeps the product fresher uh, for for like let's say a few several months longer. But there they don't allow it, so we have to use uh, you know like an olive uh, extract as a preservative. Okay. Is this Natural. controlled by the EU? This- Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, control. I mean, we follow their regulations. Yeah, we follow their regulations definitely, and and um, their shelf life because of that, the shelf life is shorter. So it's a little bit tougher in Europe because you have to think about, you know, if it's shorter shelf life, you got to make sure you're not keeping too much stock of everything. Um, whereas in Canada and the U.S., it's we have several months longer here. Um, but yeah, that's that's our that's our focus this year is expansion uh, throughout uh, in, in U.S. and Europe, and I'm also working in Asia uh, to to expand there. We were in Dubai actually um, last year. Uh, we're just kind of looking for looking for distributors right now, and um, because that's now how I work. People go I on to your website. Is that uh, I mean, is, how do people find out? Do you have like a store locator? What do you yes. have? Yes, actually, I'm 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 updating my website as we speak. Um, it's going to be out in the next uh, two weeks. Uh, but there's the Canadian. There's the Canadian out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, <laughs> I um, always can tell when they get to out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we uh, yeah we we have um, yeah so 
yeah, my, my, we have the web. If you go to the website, you can go to the store locator, and it'll help you find uh, where you, you enter your zip code, and it'll help you find where you can find your uh, to a store near you. We don't sell online um, because uh, it's much more complicated because my my products are refrigerated mainly, so it'd be very tough, and it would be very expensive. Mostly, that's the problem. It'd it be is. very expensive if we were just to start shipping, you know, yes. a pack of cheese uh, by courier oh, across the country, you know. So that's I why mean, we sell to distributors. Pack. I just got a package um, from the, uh, the the new the um, Fr- French producers um, yeah. of specialty food, and I mean it was about six, seven different companies, and the package arrived. It was so beat up. And and all these jars mm. are leaking, and they're all <laughs> it yeah. was such a mess. <laughs> I know, and the thing is, and and then and then you're like, oh my god, they don't take care of their stuff, what they're sending. But it's not that; it's the like the courier that you know didn't take care yeah, of the box. They threw it around. They throw yeah, it around. They, you know, I, yeah, I, so many do. times I've sent to customers to you know good customers. I've sent them. I have it in the box, and I have like with the the wrap, shrink wrap, and the ice and everything, and it, and it still arrives like crap. So <laughs> then I look bad, you know. So um, yeah, this French stuff. I mean, the ice packs were melted. And warm. Oh, well, well, if it's coming from <laughs> France, you mean like French from France? Yeah, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, well, yeah, for sure. It it's going to take up to it two was weeks. Awful. No, I mean, I you have, can't. Um, yeah, yeah, those um, what are those cornichon with with all Pick, the liquid pickles. leaked out of the jar. <laughs> so, oh yeah, yeah for I mean, sure. It's a hard. It's a hard thing. Yeah, but, it's it's um, tough sending out samples, but that's why I, I deal with uh, distributors. So I ship pallets, you know, or, or containers right. to distributors, and I don't have to worry about all this mess. <laughs> and then they ship to the stores, and there's online stores that they have. So we try to do put all that on the website. But like I said, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have uh, everything updated, so it'll be more updated with uh, you know the latest information. Um, and and so, it's, yeah. um, is it Nasika? Nasika's Garden dot com, yeah. Uh, Nasika's Garden dot com. Uh, um, S, gardens. S, two S. Yeah, with an S. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's all one uh, one word, no apostrophe in there for the for the uh, for the domain. Nafsika's Garden because okay. it's like it's like it's like Nafsika's apostrophe S, but on the domain there's no apostrophe. Yeah, okay. you can. You can. You can't put it possibly. online. No. Yeah, I'll. Yeah, I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. Yeah. All right. Well, that that's great. I'm <laughs> I'm sure I have it in in the correspondence we've had. So. Oh, I see yeah. it right here. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, listen. I wish you well. And um. What you most excited? You're most excited about what future product? Future product. Uh, let me see. Well, currently it's it's the the cocoa spreads that I'm that I'm okay. really loving because my kids love them. I've they're kid tested, which is very important. Uh, if my kids love them, the, the everyone a lot of people are going to love them. Um, then I have other products I'm working on, of course, that I, I I can't mention now. But yeah, I'm just excited about more products coming out and my other all my other projects that I'm working on that are non food related as well. But uh, yeah, you can get a lot of information about. Uh, me and my products online definitely to see what uh, what we're up to. Well, I wish you fast expansion and and much <laughs> success. And uh, yeah, Thank and you. we've really in, enjoyed trying the cheeses and finding something that's a cheese substitute that actually tastes good. <laughs> yes, good. yes, I, I'm I'm, I'm so happy that you like them. Yes, thank you so yeah, much I for mean, having the, me. The other people, <laughs> I mean, I I keep hoping and catch on are the gluten free cookie people. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Real good to have something that didn't taste like cardboard. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. If it doesn't, yeah, it's already good if, enough if it doesn't taste like but but mine actually tastes like the real thing so so I'm just so yeah. happy that a lot of people are going to get to try them and 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 it, it, it's really good for for a variety of uh food um uh preferences and and dietary restrictions you know uh like gluten Which for sure important, so it's more important every day i mean just every day that's there's a whole more other subject yeah that's a whole other topic we can talk about another time <laughs> yeah we'll do it again so keep us yeah. posted on your progress i will it's thank been you so much joy. Yeah, to talk Same. to you. Likewise. 
That makes me feel a little closer to Greece. You know, I had a Greek restaurant once in Philadelphia. Oh, really? Oh, very nice. Podcasting services for On The Menu Radio are provided by ASP Station, www.aspstation.net. Yeah, well, we're talking to Booker, which is a great name for somebody who has a company called Booker's, and it's fully Booker's Soul Foods Starters Seasoning Mix. Um, Booker, we've been cooking with your product. and uh, Hold on a minute, love. Let's everybody understand. We, we call this man Booker. We do not call him Claude. We don't call him to dinner. We don't call him anything except Booker. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's right. In, in the South, where you really know somebody, you like them, you call them by their last name. <laughs> Great. <laughs> okay. Well, now, um, tell us a little bit about this company. When did you start it? And, uh, what was your concept? What are what are you what are you trying to do with it? Well. <laughs> Uh, it was started, which is kind of a, a kind of funny story. Uh, uh, it was during the COVID pandemic and yep. post George Floyd, and uh, you know America was really looking for uh, black founders brands. And and I had been in the business a while. My primary uh, line of products were always food service. As a chef, it was just the the, the 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 thing I knew well, I knew how to communicate to, to food service, whether it was casinos or grocery hot bars, and everybody just stopped eating at buffets, and I was out oh, of right. <laughs> right. And so, so I where are said, you, Booker? Where are I'm you? In Cle- I'm in Cleveland, Ohio. Now, I'm married. Ah, Cleveland. Uh, I, I married a Yankee. And uh, she moved me from Georgia up here, but I fell in love with the Midwest. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, you know, you know where we are, right? We're in, we're in Pittsburgh, and we hate you because you're from Cleveland. <laughs> I, 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 well, well, you'll love me because I'm a cowboy fan. So we have oh, to give no, the Pittsburgh. No, even, we had to give y'all a fight. Hey, look, we hadn't beat y'all in years, so y'all even think about us any more as rivals. <laughs> no, we, no, we don't. You're absolutely right. We, hey, what was it? New York Magazine did did an article where they said Dallas is not America's team. The Steelers in Pittsburgh are America's team. Yeah, I think we lost that title a while ago. I mean, we still claim it, but I don't. I think we're hated by more people than loved. <laughs> Anyhow, so but you were then without uh, clients, and, uh, without uh, a clientele, uh, with no business. So, what next? So next, you know, just 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 always saying, man, if I ever have a chance to do it over again, before I create a product, I am going to create a customer, and and. Just everything seemed to happen. Again, post-George Floyd with his death and then all of these major corporations saying, wow, you know, we're a diverse company, but there just aren't many black CPG brands. And I just said, you know what, Um, African-American women, you know, they're 28 million, uh, you know, in America and 48 million black folk, and that's bigger than the whole, you know, country of Canada with a $1.8 trillion spend, I'm going to focus on that community because I know it, I grew up cooking it, and no one has been brave enough to do it because it's got to be right. And and I just said, you know what, I'm going to do it right. And um, through God's favor, I was able to, to take my family's oral recipes that have been just passed down and put science to it. And I got with an incredible co-packer and their science team and said, look, it's got to be black folk ready. So I got in the lab with them, 
and we created some magic. Wow. Good man. Well, yeah. So, I mean, like, how many products do you have? You, know, you have both. You, your product can serve both as um, a, a, a seasoning uh, um, or, or a starter for creating a particular dish, right? It, it, it is, and, and we tell everybody, you know, most seasonings are designed to enhance and wake product up, right? You sprinkle it, but our products are are exactly what we say. They get you started, so you're not going to mess up. So macaroni and cheese is one of the most difficult soul food items to create because you live and die by that custard that you make. It can be too eggy. <laughs> it, it, there's just so much that can go wrong, right? And, uh, and the great African-American women cooks, they always say, well, baby, I don't know the recipe. I just put a little bit of this and that, and I've been doing it for years. So, you know, <laughs> we said, let's find a way where all you have to do is take the staple pantry-ready item that we've done all the magic, and you're just going to add one cup of water, and that custard is going to ensure you get to have a great finished dish. And then with the collard greens, we said we've got to put the chicken stock in there, the right amount of apple cider vinegar, the seasons, the red pepper flakes, the chicken base. We put all of that in where all you had to do was just add your fresh-cut greens and your favorite smoked meat. Yeah, well, and I started just- with that. I started with that one because I had um, this whole mess of collards. And didn't, and, and, well, you know, I mean, I know basically you're, you're supposed to have a ham hock too, but along the line I learned that I could use um, that pimenton to get that smoky ham flavor. And then that, all I had to do right. was use, and all I had to do then was, here's my collards, and, and I used your seasoning mix on it, and, and it was fabulous. Well, that's, awesome. that's what that's yeah, what we yeah. always want to hear, and, and we also knew that folks were uh, kind of not everybody's into pork, right? Uh, now I'm from South Carolina. We eat from the rooter to the tutor, <laughs> from the snout <laughs> to the tail. Yeah. But we made sure that those who didn't eat pork, who who wanted to put smoked turkey, that they could do it, and so that was our goal. And the same thing was with the candy yams. And then folks struggle with making classic peach cobbler. So those were the four items that we rolled out. Now, we've created four other wonderful items. The challenge is when you start with something so emotional to to a community, you, you need to just have a narrow focus. So right now we're just focusing on those four items, but we've got an incredible sweet potato pie, I mean a banana pudding with that's the classic banana pudding custard, you know, but we, we knew – you know, let's focus on those items when you think soul food sides that are going to resonate, and that's why we launched with these four. Even though uh, we've got, uh, we even have three vegan items that are incredible, but we're just being smart how we roll them out. And what are your vegan products? We created a vegan mac and cheese, which is incredible because traditionally, when you make vegan cheese, you know, you got to. You know, you've got the potatoes, the carrots, you put it in a blender. Well, we created that same flavor profile with the nutritional yeast and everything, but where you did not have to put it in a blender. And it's amazing. Oh, that's but good. we couldn't run the risk of somebody wanting the classic and made a mistake and ordered that and said, this ain't good. So we just said, let's wait, because we don't want folks getting confused. Uh, uh-huh. You know, especially if you're arting on the Internet, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, there seems to be a, a whole new interest in mac and cheese. Um, I, you know, I guess it's that comfort thing. I don't know. Well, well in African-American cooking, uh, macaroni and cheese uh, uh, has always been a little bit different than traditional American cooking. I mean, it is a casserole. It is baked. Uh, and... Uh, you know, going all the way back to Thomas Jefferson and his enslaved go. cook, James Hemings, you know, he was able to go to France, you know, and, and, and uh, the funny thing, Thomas Jefferson was so afraid that uh, because 
even though he was a slave, uh, uh, you know, Thomas Jefferson paid him a wage. And when he got to France, because he sent him to France, you know, to study, you know, culinary arts, he, he was making that classic, uh, what they call macaroni pie, which is kind of soul food, how we do it and how you bake it. And in, in the West Indies, Trinidad, and they all do macaroni pie. They still call it that. But it's soul food, baked mac and cheese. But he was so afraid because uh, in France, uh, slavery was abolished in, I think, 1789 or something like that. And he was afraid that he wasn't going to come back. But he came back home, which was kind of <laughs> crazy. But... <laughs> Funny. And, and, and he brought, he brought uh, you, know, the, you know, some people debate it. You know, I, I give him the credit that he was the first American to bring uh, uh, macaroni and cheese uh, uh, back to the United States, which he learned in France. That's that's what we heard as well. So that, that, it's it's our story, and we're sticking to it just like you are. That's right. That's right. But, but, but here, here's here's a new wrinkle for you. The, a, 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 a partnership made in heaven or hell. I'm not sure what, what, you, what you would describe it, but it's a cooperation between the Cabot Cheese Company and Guinness Stout, a beer made in Ireland. Oh, yeah, that's the people with the black box, macaroni and cheese, right? You got it. That's it. Exactly. They just sound us like a lifetime supply of that stuff. (laughs) 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 So, yeah, but, um, I mean, there has to be, for, for for a collaboration involving two large companies, there has to be a, a huge market for uh, currently for mac and cheese, I would think, huh? It, it, it is. The challenge, though, is in the African-American world, it ain't but one way to do it. And so um, it, it, it is just if it ain't baked, it ain't right. Uh, the Charlotte Observer did a story, and, and, and it was funny because it was a um, – uh, a southern white uh, culinarian writer, food writer. Unfortunately, you know, all these talented food writers, the newspapers, you know, cut budgets and they're all gone. But it was just incredible. And the title, I believe, was The Two Worlds of Mac and Cheese. And it was talking about how in the African-American world, how mac and cheese was baked and and, and, and then in – the other world, right, which he was basically, you know, white author saying, you know, it's stovetop, you know, it's made with a roux and all. It, but it was just a great yeah. article. They're just so different in, in the profiles. And so most folk, even when I launched this, they were skeptical, you know. Uh, and through God's favor, you know, we launched two years ago, and we're already in close to 3,500 retail doors, which is amazing. Wow. That's, that's something else. Well done. Yeah. Um, now, I mean, your customer base, now, are you uh, marketing uh, to the black community or not? Yeah. Well, so, so what a great, great question. So we know that our product uh, is for everybody. But we do understand that, unfortunately, macaroni and cheese it's, go, it's going 900 different ways. Uh, so we know when we speak of macaroni and cheese, for this to be successful, we have to speak to our core audience. And that core audience is, is black women, right? Now, we want everybody to do it, but they know exactly, wait a minute, this is real. This is the real deal. You know, <laughs> the customer's already made because, you know, somebody, people don't read. And they'll grab it and they'll assume that this is stovetop. That little blue box, and I'm not beating up that blue box, but that blue box uh, has, has uh, got folks going in the wrong direction sometimes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you know the blue box I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, so, so we want everybody. You know, I'm from the South, and I know, I know y'all are Pittsburgh folks, but uh, in the antebellum South, right, all the way up to even now, Soul food and southern food, uh, they're, they're close cousins, right? They are very close. Oh, sure, sure. 
Yeah, well, I mean, most of I mean, the way I, I've picked up on the, the facts of this case is that the, the cooks were mostly Africans and African-Americans, and, and that's, that's why right. we have half of what we have in Southern cooking. So that's I don't know how exactly they divide right. that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think of what um, okra, for example. Where did that come from? Would you, would you say that again? Yeah, okra. I mean, oh, that's okra. A big, yeah. West Africa. West Africa, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And, and, um, and I grew up in the rural south, and we raised okra. I mean, I was blessed. My backstory is, you know, as soon as I could stand on a footstool, uh, I was fascinated with cooking. And my father and grandmother would allow me to stand on a footstool and, and watch them cook and and I just loved it. I learned how to can when I was a little boy. I knew, learned really? how to Really? Yeah, I mean, yeah. If, we, if we didn't grow it, uh, we didn't eat it, you know. I mean, we would go to the grocery store for what we call sliced bread, but we made biscuits three or <laughs> four times a week. You know, it was a blessing to eat cereal. It was a treat. You know, we ate stone ground uh. grits. You know, <laughs> we, we had pecans. I mean, my whole yard as a little kid had everything. I had apple trees, pecan trees. I could get plums, muscadines, you name it. Uh, and we would just can. And it was such a shame that every year my grandmother and mother would say, like, that my nickname was Pokey. And they'd say, Pokey, uh, I need y'all <laughs> grab all of that stuff and, and take all that canned beans and all that and go pour that in the gully. Because my grandmother and mothers, they would all be com- competing with each other. And I'd hear them on the phone as a little kid saying, girl, I, I put up uh, 16 jars of snap peas. Well, I need <laughs> this. And you, you know, they, they're, they're competing. And it was more than we could eat. <laughs> <laughs> well, you sound like having a great – I can't imagine you're having much fun eating in Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know, Cleveland is, is yeah. so diverse. I love it because, um, you know, I was blessed to go to culinary school in New England, so I got to, to understand diversity. But I love the strong Jewish cuisine here because of the strong Jewish population, the mm-hmm. Polish cuisines, the Baroque. So Cleveland gave me a world that I was not used to because I didn't see that world in New England. And I didn't see it in the South. So no. Cleveland has is, is just been awesome. I'm pretty sure Pittsburgh probably similar. It is. It is. Yeah. We, we, we don't have Michael Simon. No. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, he's a rock star. We don't get to see him that much either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, now, I mean, do you still have all those ties to the um, institutional Cooking. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, to me, I mean, I'm, I, I'm a chef to to, to my core. Uh, after I finished with you guys, you know, I I serve on the board of of our Cleveland Culinary Lunch Kitchen, where we help expiring food makers to get to the next level. I'm always right. coaching. You know, I'm always That's trying right. to to share my roadmap because. Um, you know, we need we need we need direction, right, as makers, because it can it can be challenging. Right. Now, I mean, I wish they bring back. But they used to have a food festival uh, to raise money for some um, a cancer addition to the hospital. I think it was. It, it was every other year, and um, it was a ladies' group that organized it, and um, and they. Uh, they worked with um, uh, Wolfgang Puck every other year, and, and he would get all his friends to come and cook. And it was a fabulous oh, event. Oh, that, was, that, was a fun, that was a fundraiser for a, for a hospital way, yes. out, way, out, way out east in, Cle- in Cleveland. I forget the name of it now. Yeah. Oh, okay, was, that's awesome. Was it for the oh, Cleveland it was Clinic, bit, maybe? No, it wasn't the Cleveland Clinic. It was much smaller than that. Oh um, yeah, Cleveland Clinic—they got plenty of money, don't they? <laughs> yeah. No, but but this this was, you know, if Wolfgang Puck asked you to come cook, 
you, you went and you cooked. So we had uh, chefs from all over the country in their cooking. And, um, and it, it was really great. It was a great event. But the I event, guess the, the... The event was called, it was called some, something like Stars Something. I can't okay, remember what it was called. It. Yeah, but, that but kind of disappeared a little bit. Cause I used it to went away because a lot of the, the Cleveland chefs felt that they were being discriminated against. And, and they wanted, and that's when Michael Simon took over playing it. Okay, and then it, gotcha. Yeah, and it became more local then. And there was the Wolfgang Puck. I think the, the whole event, I think, went away. And then I think they already built the addition to the hospital they were raising money for. But it was great. It was just great. And it was nice to have it every other year, too, instead of every year, because then, you know, you didn't get worn out with it. Well, they started fundraising for the new for the new year. Immediately, the old year was over. Oh, wow, wow. We yeah, that's great. Dri- See, I, I would love to do that. We used to drive up from, from Pittsburgh, and we would set up our recording system so that we could tell the world about characters like Booker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, then, so then, my then, favorite... And Sunday we would drive back to Pittsburgh. It was fun. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I've been I've been blessed to to to, to meet a lot of wonderful chefs and cooks, and so uh, I, soul food is definitely my favorite cuisine because it's my it's my heritage. But mm-hmm. I loved uh, learning the West Indian, particularly Jamaican cuisine, and and I got really immersed in that, and then learning a lot of the influences when I was in New England of how. You know, Dominican and Puerto Rican and Cuban uh, flavors. But the thing that was amazing is how similar the culinary approaches and cooking techniques worked. And that one item that blew me away that connected all of us was our various ways of how we cook rice and, and oh, rice yeah. being a big part. Yeah. Well, you know, we've interviewed a lot of. Um, Indians, I mean East Indians from India, um, who um, relocated for some reason into the South. And and they they always point out similarities between Indian cooking and Southern cooking. Yes, yes. Have you guys ever been to Jamaica? Yeah, I haven't, not for a long time. Yeah, so so the thing about Jamaica uh, and was you know the whole their motto is uh, uh, you know out of one many uh, because uh, with colonization of you know that island it was first um, the Arawak Indians who were the natives there were they they knew the land so they went high in the mountains and got away but they kept bringing folks so first they brought. Uh, the Indians, and then they brought the Chinese, you know, and then the African slaves, you know, uh, and those three cultures created this wonderful cuisine. That's why you've got so many curries and roti mm-hmm. and all of these just incredible um, uh, things. And and, uh, and I smile because I learned how to cook Jamaican food from a Chinese Jamaican. <laughs> and and it was so amazing. And he is a wonderful chef, and his name is Chef Kenneth Chen. And 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 I smile because I always visit him when I go back to Atlanta. And uh, but when he opens his mouth, his 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 patois, you know that mm-hmm. Jamaican. Yeah. Y'all mind everything I tell you, Claude. You know yeah. mine. <laughs> and it just I smile. I say, kid, it just blows me away. You're good. You're good at that. <laughs> So that and then and the Nigerian cooking is becoming popular now too. That's another one. Well, well, people are diverse, and I love that. And and that's my goal. Because you asked a great question. You know, are we primarily focusing on African Americans? Well, yes, only because we need to create a foundation. Because Mm -hmm. if you are truly speaking to authenticity, then your community has. 
to, to, to validate it. I've got so many friends who say, Booker, that's not Mexican. <laughs> we don't eat that, brother. You know, that's, <laughs> you, right. you know that, that's an American version of it. it. It's not authentic. Well, our goal It's true. Was, I mean, if you go to Mexico, I mean, I always was amazed at what the, the restaurants people chose who were there on business from the States, and they're thinking they're eating Mexican food, and they're eating, they're really eating Tex-Mex. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. But. Well, listen. Let's let's close it. Let's close this out by Booker. Let the world know how they can get a hold of this nectar of the gods. Gold. All yeah. right. How do they get? Well, you, you, yeah. well, the, the the easiest way is to go to soulfoodstarters.com. But if you if you like a lot of folks who just want want it immediately and don't want to wait for for it to come, you know, through the mail. Uh, you can go to uh, any Kroger. We're in all the Krogers uh, throughout the country. Uh, we're right. in uh, we're in uh, we're in about 120 Giant Eagles. If you're in the Midwest, we're in all yeah. the Myers, uh, Food City, Food Lion. Uh, so, but the easiest way, SoulFoodStarters.com. And every time you buy, you help us support uh, uh, Black education in America. I'm a product of of being misdiagnosed. Uh, not knowing that I had dyslexia, and I was never allowed to take college preparatory courses. And thank God that my, one of my professors said, I think you're dyslexic. And then I wound up becoming a national research scholar, and, and one of the top scholars in the country became a, a Johnson & Wales, one of their first teaching fellows. Oh, so wow. it's just amazing. So I decided to focus on education, especially in the black community sometimes where we uh, – you know, they just assume you're stupid. <laughs> oh, right. Well, anyhow, your heart is exactly in the right place, and, and so so are your products. <laughs> so I, I wish you a continuing success with them, and I'm, I'm really uh, so pleased. Let me know when you come up with something to do with okra. <laughs> you, you, you got it. You definitely got it. <laughs> And I enjoy it. You guys have a great personality. And, man, you made this interview so fun and easy. And uh, But obviously you've been doing it a while, so that's a great gift that you both have. Well, we, we have fun, and you've been a fun interview. So, as I said, continued success, and um, we look forward to more products coming out. Awesome. Thank you all so much. Take care. Thank you. 